0: Being a teacher superstar isn't easy. You might be driven by a vision to help out kids, but sometimes that can mean being a loner in your school. Esther Wojcicki, an American journalist, educator, and vice chair of Creative Commons Board of Directors, is a firm example of one of those superstars. From her journalism classroom at Palo Alto High School here in California, she has gained a reputation for being one of the foremost thinkers on education and technology.
1: But even Esther knows that working alone and striving alone just isn't as effective as joining together. And as such, she recently published a book entitled Moonshots in Education. The book covers digital and online learning in the classroom and what it takes to make a moonshot, or those superstar examples of teachers in schools. She interviews quite a number of moonshots. And so we decided to talk to her, the moonshot herself, to go more in depth on what truly makes a successful blended environment.
0: That plus our weekly roundup of the EdTech News coming up. I'm Michael Winters.
1: And I'm Mary Jo Matta. Welcome to the EdSearch Podcast. Let's get started.
0: Personalized learning is all the rage these days. But what exactly does personalized mean? David Wiley wrote this week about how and why his team at Lumen Learning has been asking just that question. In his post, Wiley describes how the learner often has no active role in a personalized experience and how the team solicits students' input to give them a model for their own learning. The goal is to put the person back in personalized learning. You can read all of the details of the study at edsurge.com.
1: Everyone tells stories, politicians, scientists, entrepreneurs, but conveying information coherently and compellingly is vital to success. California educator Michael Hernandez observes that as educators, it's our job to prepare our students to share their ideas in effective ways. This week, he put out his EdSurge Guide to Producing Student Digital Storytellers, which included ideas for digital storytelling projects in English language arts, science, and social studies classes. One of his big pieces of advice, don't take on too much with your first assignments it can take time for students to master a particular skill or for teachers to develop effective storytelling projects.
0: That's great advice. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Entrepreneurs looking to expand their businesses now have a new source of funding. Owl Ventures has just closed a $100 million fund to support edtech startups. According to the fund's co-founder and managing partner, Tori Patterson, Owl will invest in companies that have demonstrated product market fit and that have a clear revenue plan. The fund will invest up to $8 million to lead Series A rounds and will also contribute to Series B rounds. And disclosure, Patterson is an investor in EdSurge and sits on our board.
1: Now, onto some confusing and slightly perturbing pieces of news. So parents want computer science courses for their kids, but the big question is, are schools actually listening to that? A recently released Google-sponsored Gallup report suggests that no, they aren't listening. The report shows that 90% of parents see computer science as a good use of school resources. But in actuality, fewer than 8% of administrators believe that parent demand is high for computer science education. What? Unsurprisingly, about 75% of principals report having no computer science courses in their schools. As online magazine Wired points out, Major reasons for this dearth in CS education include the fact that computer science isn't actually tied to testing requirements, but there is a silver lining, says Hai Hong, program manager of Google's K-12 education outreach. At least half of principals at schools with computer science programming do report that computer science professional development has been on the rise.
0: And now it's time for ka The big funding news this week came from MOOC provider Coursera, which has raised $49.5 million in a nearly completed Series C round. The raise was led by original investor, New Enterprises Associates, and includes both new and returning partners. The new money will go toward expanding Coursera's offerings to international students, particularly in India and China. When the Series C round is complete this fall, the company will have raised a total of $145 million. And Dreambox Learning has also raised a $10 million Series B round from Owl Ventures and Tau Capital Partners. Owl's co-founder, Tori Patterson, will take a seat on the Dreambox board. Patterson is still an investor in EdSurge. that hasn't changed in the last 45 seconds. Dreambox has built a gamified K-8 math platform used by more than 1.5 million students. Congratulations to them and to all the other companies that raised money this week.
1: Now, before we get into the interview with Esther Wojcicki, renowned educator and journalist, we've got to get something out of the way really quick. Yes, it's correct, she did teach actor James Franco. He actually wrote the introduction to her book, Moonshots in Education. But teaching James Franco is not Esther's claim to fame. At Palo Alto High School in California, where she's been since 1984, She grew the journalism program from a group of 19 students with one typewriter to the largest high school journalism program in the entire country. The media studies program now has more than 600 students, 5 additional teachers, and produces 10 publications. And back in 2013, the high school built a 25,000 square foot media center just for the journalism program. So what then does it take to be a moonshot? Well, EdSearch CEO Betsy Corcoran sat down with Esther at our recent Davis Superintendent Summit to hear about the stories she's collected, both from her own classroom and from classrooms across the globe. Hi, it's Betsy Corcoran. I'm CEO of EdSearch,
2: and I'm here with Esther Wojcicki, who is a longtime teacher at Palo Alto High School, a marvelous speaker on blended learning and the use of technology in education, and the author of a really important book called Moonshots in Education, Launching Blended Learning in the Classroom. Esther, thank you so much for being here.
3: It's such a pleasure to be here. Um, thank you for inviting me.
2: We had a really fun panel this morning. Uh, with Michael Horn and uh, Richard Coletta. And again, you did a great job of, of adding some real, you know, feet in the classroom experience to that call. But we're here to talk a little bit about your book. So the book came out at the end of last year?
3: No, the book actually came out in the beginning of February this year.
2: So your book came out in the beginning of February. And uh, you've been getting a great reaction. But why don't we start at the beginning? Why did you actually?
3: this book so um, to be totally honest be totally honest okay about this Um, so what happened is I was having a lot of visitors come to visit the program at Palo Alto High School School, and I was very happy to have all those people come and visit my students were pretty excited to meet lots of people and I thought well um, one thing I could do would be maybe figure out some way that I could easily tell these people what the program was like. So that, you know, they always wanted to know, like, what are you doing? How did you get it to be like this? And what, it, what? how does it work? So I thought, I'll write a book. And that way, I could just give them the book. And they would just take the book, go away, and then they <laughs> wouldn't need me anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, turns out-
2: a little boomerang effect here. This
3: was just the opposite. <laughs> what happened is that instead <laughs> of cutting down on the number of visitors, it's accelerated the number of visitors. So now I have visitors like, maybe twice three times a week.
2: Visitors on top of visitors. Visitors
3: on top of visitors. I'm very happy to have all these people. I mean I really enjoyed meeting them all. Well and, but, uh, and that's the real reason. You know
2: you I heard you invite the superintendents here to give you a call and come visit. So I think <laughs> that you um, do a wonderful job of, of sharing your practice and that's really important. Um, when you were doing the book, you talked to a lot of other teachers who have been trying to use technology in different ways, including some people who are kind of almost heroes. How, how are the heroes doing out there?
3: So I met a, several heroes. Um, some of them are actually in the book. And um, I would say that the general, for the general sense of all of the heroes, uh, that it's a lonely path. It's a very hard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, these are people that are really driven by a vision of making education better for all these kids. Mm-hmm. And I admire them and applaud them. But in many cases, they're seen as kind of the loner out there, or that teacher that's you know, not really on the same page as that we are. And um, what are we going to do to bring her into the flock? And uh, so I think it's hard for them, for a lot of people. And I know personally, it was tough for me to be the only person out there doing this for a while.
2: Did you find examples of people who felt more supported, who felt that they weren't just building their, their one program, but they were really building a team at their school to kind of you know, bring these ideas forward?
3: Um, there are people that are doing that. So that's the people that are doing that are usually working together in pairs.
2: So give me an example.
3: And um, So like, for example, in computer science, um, I found a teacher that was doing computer science, teaching computer science in high school, in a very um, sort of individual basis. He had, he was seen as the maverick again, and then he brought in another teacher that was also helping. And the fact that there were two of them together, working together as a team seemed to make a huge difference. Well they had each other for support but not only that they had they were seen at by the department and by the school as you know that team over there so what I'm suggesting now is that it would be great for all teachers to have some kind of a buddy you know and I'm calling them moonshot mentors where you can just work with another person who can support what you're doing and it doesn't have to be somebody that is more learned than you in that particular area it's more of a sounding board somebody who can listen to all the you know things you're trying out and and help you that makes tremendous
2: amount of sense I mean Honestly, I find when we hire people, that I love to hire people in pairs. Even if they're not doing exactly the same thing, I find that when you bring two people into a new environment, a company or anything else, they've got someone else to rely on, someone else to share experiences with.
3: I, I think that makes sense. And that's why in school, of course, you want kids working in teams, or have a buddy and, or you know, just a collaborative group. And that's what happens in my classes. They all work in teams. And they always feel included in that whole program because they're part of a team. And there's, I don't, I can't I'm just try to think if there's any single person, but there's not really any single one. Cause they always have I try to put them together even the editors I have a team of editors you know and a team on the um, circulation and a team for the business they're all they all have jobs but they all have a buddy to support them
2: now this summer you've been out on the speaking circuit uh, and I know that you've been uh, trotting around out there in the great wide world. You've been to Europe and a number of other places. What's the reaction that you're getting in other countries to the stories you shared?
3: Um, So uh, I first started in Switzerland with the Swiss radio and television. And the reaction, the, the reaction was very positive, but I must say at the beginning, they were a little surprised. They Why? Were kinda, what were they surprised well, Because um, in Europe, and well specifically in Switzerland, in Zurich, the education is very top-down. Mm. And they're used to a lot of lecture and obeying what the teacher says and uh, obeying you know, everybody. There's a lot of obedience.
2: And you're talking a lot about setting the kids free.
3: I'm talking about giving kids some freedom. In the classroom, Mm -hmm. so um, this was a new concept to them. Even though for me it's a very old concept, and the question was, "Well, what's going to happen if you give them some freedom? You know, uh, are they going to like tear the building down, or (laughs) like what's going to happen?" But. You know, you have to plant the seed somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so they're talking about it and thinking about it. And I said that creativity comes when you give kids an opportunity to be creative. And that opportunity to be creative comes with freedom. That's how you learn to be creative.
2: Now, you shared with me uh, one thing that I found pretty interesting, which is that you've been invited to be part of the PISA commission.
3: Oh, it's the yeah, it's the an advisory group, a board or some brain trust. Yeah, I think yeah, it's called yeah, to
2: to to the, the tests that basically has people have used to define where we are, and I found it surprising because I know that you talk a lot more about mastery and competency, and so I wondered what kind of advice you're going to bring to the PISA people who've been a little bit more about these tests?
3: So the, the PISA people are, you know, the, the world's experts in testing. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of super powerful people in there. And so my goal is to show them that if they just move the test a little bit to the collaboration part, more people in the world will try to collaborate because everybody sees the test as an important indicator of how they're doing in the world and so let's see whether we can't adjust or move what we're asking people to do
2: how would you test for collaboration well
3: um that's something that i'm working on ah, okay <laughs> to be that's honest book, huh? yeah no i'm working with this team i mean it's just happened within the last few weeks so you know i haven't come up with a rubric yet for how you would evaluate collaboration but uh, I'm thinking about it, and I'd be love to have suggestions on mm. how that might be evaluated.
2: Interesting. If people have suggestions, how should they share those with you?
3: Um, well, I can give them an email address. Do, you th- do I dare? Yes. Sure. If you want more email. Well, yes. Okay, so it's Esther, E-S-T-H-E-R. Waj, woj esther watch at gmail.com
2: There you go you heard it here. Um, <laughs> esther coming back to your book which again is it's a delightful read and it's an inspiring read too. Mm-hmm. Um, share one or two stories that, that you really resonated with you as you talked to other educators and even sometimes to parents <laughs> and uh-huh. to kids about their education experiences what what are one or two of the stories that that really resonated with you um
3: with kids in particular so um i I would say that uh my forward written by james franco the actor Mm, yeah i mean i thought he did a great job on the forward and he was in my class he was 10th 11th and 12th grade and so he had three years with you, Three huh? years with me. You can imagine? Three years with me. And uh, what he... I think the thing that was the most important to him, and he writes about it, is that no matter what crazy thing he came up with, and most teenagers do, by the way. He wasn't the only one. They all have these ideas that are a little unusual. Um, I supported him. I believed in him. And I really... It wasn't just a fake belief because you know everybody has these built-in antenna you know is it true or not do they really believe in me or not do they really like me or not I mean to be honest I really did believe in him and I do believe in all my students because I think they all have something in them that is going to enable them to do some interesting and powerful things in the world and I as a teacher I have no way to judge I mean who am I so I yes and so the belief in him he says he made a poster with me he said the fact that i believed in him made all the difference
2: and he has this wonderful line in the book he says I'll, i'll just read from his words in the book he says i hate wasted time and energy and as a teacher because he's a teacher too now I hate reading material that will go nowhere beyond me. I don't want students to create work to please me. I don't want them to feel the safety of knowing their work will be read simply because I'm their teacher and have to read it. I want them to make work that can stand up in the real world." Yes. That seems like the essence of genuine learning.
3: That's the essence of genuine learning. That is true. I tell them in class, that I am teaching them to write so that everybody will want to read what they write. And it's not just that poor teacher who is paid to read what they write.
2: Esther, thank you so much. It's been a delight as always to have you here
3: and to read your book. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you. (laughs) That was really fun.
0: Okay, that's it for today. Thanks to Esther Wojcicki and all of the other teachers out there who are currently back in school. We hope you guys got a lot of apples this week.
1: Do teachers actually like getting apples? Truthfully, I've never really understood that whole thing. I mean, just give me a bottle of Diet Coke. That'll help me get through my first
0: day. (laughs) Well, we know, Mary Jo, that Diet Coke always does it for you. Yeah,
1: that's very true. (laughs) And thanks also to Michael Hernandez and all of the other writers who contributed to Ed Search this week. You guys truly add some of the most amazing content to our lineup.
0: And we mentioned this last week and uh, also the week before, so we probably sound like a, a broken record at this point, but we will say it again. Uh, if you have ever thought of working for EdSurge, this is the time to act. We're looking for a lot of new team members. We're hiring for community managers and growth hackers and reporters and lots of other stuff. So take a look at our jobs board, EdSurge.com/jobs or workable.edsurge.com, you know you want to come work with Mary Jo and I.
1: This is probably the last time we'll ever mention this on the podcast. So really take advantage of this because these jobs are open. Come work with us. You will not regret
0: it. It's going to be so much fun. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for this week. I'm Michael Winters.
1: And I'm Mary Jo We'll see you next week. This is the EdSurge Podcast.